Perak Yerbe's Mishnah Gimel. Chaltza, if the woman removes the shoe from the Yavam, and then she spits, like the Pasuk says, she removes his shoe, and then she spits in front of him, but she does not read the Pesukim in the Torah that she should be reading, that, like we'll learn later on in Mishnah Vav. So, because since you're only missing the Kriya, it still works, because Kriya is a D-word speech. It's not a mice, it's not an action. And therefore, the chalitza is still kosher. What about karaf? If, if she read the psukim, rakaka, and she spit before him, but she didn't remove his shoe from his foot, then chalitza is a psua, the chalitza is no good. This is not a chalitza to exempt the yibam, to make him a free man, to make her a free woman. Because you're, you're missing an action pertaining to the body. You're missing the action of removing the shoe or the sandal, and therefore the chalitza would be puzzle invalid. Chalitza, if she removes the shoe, vikara, she says the psukkah that she, she, she should be saying, avalo rakaka, she does not spit in front of him. So now it's going to be chalokas tanaim. Rebelezer says, chalitza, psula, the chalitza is no good, because if you're missing something from the mice, from the action, like spitting, it will hold back the chalitza from taking effect. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Rabbi Kiva says, the chalitza is kosher, because the lacking of the spit of the rakika will not invalidate the chalitza. Omer, the Pasuk says by chalitza, this is how it should be done, right? So kacha means do it like this. So how could you, Rabbi, uh, who was it? <clears throat> we had Rabbi Yezer. Said it's pasul. Rabbi Kiva said it's kosher. How could you be a Kiva say it's kosher? If the pasuk says kachi, you have to do it like this. He has a good question. So again, Amar Lezer kachi also. The pasuk says kacha, do it like this, like this, and like nothing else. Called over shoe ma'isa. Anything which is an action, whether it's chalitza, removing the shoe or spitting, me'akiv. It is me'akiv the chalitza. That if you're missing one of these actions, the chalitza is no good. So Amar Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva responds, Misham Raya, what you're bringing for me a proof. From that pasuk, it's not a proof. The pasuk says that so shall, so shall you do to man. Meaning, it has to be an action pertaining to the man. This is how we learn it. Meaning, it's performed on the body of the man. For example, removing the shoe off his foot. Whereas spinning, it's not an action tied to the body of the man. It's just an action that the woman does right in front of the man. Even if she doesn't spit, the chalitza is a kosher chalitza b'diyeved. That would be the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, and he would argue over Rabbi Eliezer. Okay. Mishnah Dalet. Hacherish. A cherish is a deaf mute. Eino shmea ve'eino medabri. Cannot hear nor speak. Shenechalaz. Shechalz lo yevonta. That is yevalma. That is chalitza to him. Or if the woman was the one that was a deaf mute, that goes out and does an action of chalitza to you know one of the brother-in-laws. Or if a person is doing a chalitza for a to, to uh, let's see the yavam the brother-in-law is a katan it's a minor he's thirteen days he's less than thirteen years and one day. Or he could even be 13 years in one day, but he doesn't have his shtesaros to make him a man. 
So here in the third case, this woman is doing a chalitza, but the brother-in-law, this, you know, the surviving brother, is a minor. So in any of these cases, as the Mishnah, chalitasa, pesula, the chalitza is invalid, it's no good. And we'll explain each one. By the cherish, when the surviving brother is a deaf mute, they get the chalitza, the chalitza is no good. If this brother had another brother that was alive, that was kosher, that could, you know, hear and talk and everything, then the chalitza this woman does to the deaf brother, to the deaf mute, is no good. She has to go to the surviving brother and do it to that brother. And then the chalitza would be okay. That's the first point of be here. It's much that if she had no choice and did the chalitza to the deaf mute, it would work, but that's only what we're inferring from here. The least, the, well, well, that's, that, that's what we're inferring. What we can say certainly is that if there's another brother around, let her do the chalitza to the other brother, and then she's off the hook. What about the other case? It was the hacheresh at She's the deaf mute. She's doing the chalitza. So, she is not exempt with this chalitza, because um, she's a deaf mute, how could she go ahead and do it? The only thing she could do is actually do yibam. She will have to go ahead and marry this brother. Very interesting. And the last case was chalitza's lakata, and doing a chalitza to a minor, meaning the surviving brother, uh, brother-in-law, is a minor. So the chalitza is no good. Because he cannot do yibam, uh, basically, the chalitza is no good. She needs a new chalitza, a kosher one, meaning from an adult, to permit her to go ahead and marry anybody she wants. So a minor is just, he's too young, and the chalitza does not work. And the Mishnah follows a mayor who holds that the chalitza of a minor, post la milisyabim la acher, it will invalidate her from going ahead and marrying somebody else, meaning it's not strong enough. The chalitza is nothing. But however, the Chachamim do hold the Chalitza of a minor is nothing and it does not invalidate her from doing Yibam. So what comes out is actually two opinions in the case of the minor. If the woman goes in and does the Chalitza to a minor, the surviving brother was a minor, so the Chalitza is invalid. She can't do Yibam anymore after that Chalitza. She's a new chalitza from an adult surviving brother. And this follows with Mary's opinion that holds that the chalitza of a minor will invalidate her from doing yibum to her brother-in-laws. However, the chachamim hold that the chalitza uh, to, to a minor is nothing and does not invalidate her from doing yibum. She wants to do yibum, she still could. And the Gemara explains the reason by a cherish, by a deaf mute, whether it's a male or whether it's the female, that the chalitza is no good, is because they can't read the psukim, right? And even though we learned earlier that the psukim are not ma'akiv, that's dafkiv, if someone's beru'uyim l'kriya, they could be read, but they aren't read. But a person who can't read them at all, kosh in royal l'kriya, the kriya would be ma'akiv, would hold them back from doing the chalitza. Mikan sha'afa ilim v'yilemes, therefore even a mute, who's not, who, who could hear but he's a mute or she's a mute, chalitza, psu, the chalitza would be no good. Alright. Ketana shechalza, a minor that does a chalitza to a adult. Ketana shechalza, a minor that does a chalitza to an adult. Tachlovs mishet tagdel. She should do another chalitza when she gets older to permit her to marry whoever she wants. Ve'im lo chalitza, if she didn't do a chalitza mishet higdila when she grew up, chalitza, psu, the chalitza is no good. And they explain here some of the text that the chalitza actually is good, 
because Bidi Eved, the Chalitza of a minor, is a Chalitza, um, of a female minor. Uh, they explain Shemavdilim uh, being cut on the differentiation between a male minor and a female minor. That what? Because a male minor, we learn that from a Pasuk that says, the man does not desire. So we learn that a man and not a minor. But a woman is not mentioned in this parsha, right? So therefore, by a, a woman, some of the texts of the Chalitza would be okay. Whereas others of the text, that the Chalitza is invalid because they explain the reason that they should make a juxtaposition of the woman to the man. And if it doesn't work for the man, it doesn't work for the woman. This is the opinion of Reb Meir. And with that, we'll hold it over here from Mishnah Dalad. Yeah, from Mishnah Dalad.